In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright. Jack, you've got a special ad- announcement to make. Yeah, no, so uh, big news. Um, I've, I've joined the OBR. So the Orange and Brown Report, obviously big names, you're Jake Burns, um, but loads of other great people there. So uh, really, really excited to get started. So I'm going to be covering the salary cap for those guys. Um, but yeah, no, exciting. Um, massive thank you to... Um, Jackson McCurry and Anthony Jokey of the Dogland um, for helped me last three, four years, maybe three. I, I don't know how long I've been with them, but ages. Um, so big thanks to them. But um, yeah, can't wait to get started with uh, Barry McBride, Jake Burns and everyone at the OBR. So by all means, guys, little plug, go and subscribe to the OBR. It's only like $1 a month or something um, if you sign up initially. And uh, hey, loads of great content. Excellent. And so, Jack, does that mean you can't be working with anyone else? Are you subscri- Are you exclusive with them or you can still do other stuff? Uh, at the moment, I'm podcasting. So uh, as far as I'm aware, everything's going to be fine with that. But uh, we will see. And how is your Twitter spaces fan club reacted to the news? Uh, they love it. So uh, I, I tweeted it out with sirens and everything for good old Owen. Um and uh, yeah, no, everything, everyone's been so, so nice. Um, but yeah, hey, just some random dude in England tweeting a few numbers and salary cap. And uh, now I'm writing at the OBR. So uh, yeah, well, insane. Look, this, isn't, this isn't the Jack Duffin podcast. The Cleveland Browns have signed a punter today. Ian, as our kick specialist, what's your thoughts on this? You know, as a punting aficionado, I just am amazed at how undervalued the punting has really become over the years. So anytime the Browns have the ability to sign somebody with just a golden leg or draft a guy with a golden leg, whatever it is, I think it's just breaking, breaking news personally. Um, But outside of that, I think we knew going into this off season that uh, the Browns were going to have to increase their special teams output. You know, they went out and got Jakeem Grant in the return game, and now they're going to go ahead and get the guy out of Green Bay, Corey Borquez, who many of you may remember from the uh, the Peyton Eli simulcast. He can hit some bombs. So he's used to kicking in cold weather. Uh, Corey's a guy that I think is going to come in and likely be your primary, you know, I'll say like primary punter. Like they're obviously going to bring some young guy in. That's just what they do. But uh, yeah, this is a guy I believe Pat McAfee dubbed it the uh, the Borquez bomb. So prepare to see some Borquez bombs in Cleveland in 2022. A Packers fan has, a Packers fan has told me big boots started off well for us, but faded and struggled in the cold. Look, that's just what a Packers fan said. Um, any insight in that, Jack? So I I think he's just 
bitter because uh, Aaron Rodgers blew a playoff game for him. Um, but hey, if, if you remember back to our special team show, Borquez was one of the three guys we mentioned. We Brian Anger, Tom, Thomas Morstead, and Corey Borquez. So uh, it's not a no surprise to the boys on the uh, Paul Brown podcast that uh, this man comes to town. Um, seriously, though, do you think he's going to get the starting role, starting punter position, or is it just going to be uh, um, a training camp fodder? So there, there's rumours that it's a two-year deal. So we still don't have any numbers or any information yet. But if it is a two-year deal, I'd expect there's at least guarantees through year one. So uh, I think this is locked in. Um, I think we might have an open competition for kicker. So lock in the man, the myth, the legend, the second longest tenure, Cleveland Brown, Charlie Hewlett, a long snapper. Borquez, I expected to be a lock at punter. And then bring in a couple of UDFAs and let's battle out and find out who's going to be our kicker. Do we have any kickers in the building at the moment or linked at the moment? Mr. Blewett. Um, Is that it? Chris, Chris Blewett. I think um, that's it. Is McLaughlin, Chase McLaughlin still around? They release him. He was a restricted free agent and they weren't going to pay his tender at 2.3 million. So he's not officially gone, but not officially back. Um, I think the deadline's passed for tendering players. So as far as I'm aware, he is a goner. Well, I think also, like I said, Paul, you're going to bring in a UDFA punter, just a guy to come in and, you know, when you're trying to run special teams drills, you just don't generally want to have two legs. Um, they're going to bring in some kickers, though. I, whether they're going to go out and get draft my guy, Dicker, the kicker, we'll see about that. I think this pretty much rules out the uh, Matt Ariaza uh, going to the Browns, which I know has been very popular amongst the Browns' Twitter mock drafts. So, Jax hopefully goes in the first five rounds, but I think that's a team off the board there for you, Jack. Hey, we don't have a fifth-round pick anyway, so uh, I won't expect it to be us. But, uh, yeah, anyone who lives in the U.K., it, you, it was a, a much more favorable odds. It's now at 10 to 11. Um, Arizona Arizona to go in the top five rounds. Um, Jack, uh, on your Twitter today, you were talking about uh, who was, who's the Texas wide receiver linked with the Browns? So um, there's Cooks. talks of Brandon Cooks coming. Um, for me, it just doesn't make any sense. So I can't see the Browns. Obviously, we had Amari Cooper. Now we've added to Sean Watson. I can't see them going and giving valuable assets to bring in somebody. So now we saw the price of the Devontae Parker. If they really liked Devontae Parker, they could have got Devontae Parker. But for me, Cooks is probably going to require pick 99. And people are like, well, why? Because we got Amari Cooper for a fifth. The difference was Amari Cooper was going to get cut if no one traded for him. They had to get rid of him for salary cap purposes. Whereas we look at Brandon Cooks, this is a dude that they want to extend. They want to keep around and they see as a piece to be with their young quarterback for the next few years. So the pressure's not on them to sell. In the same way, according to Seattle, they didn't want to get rid of Russell Wilson. But when they got that trade package, it was a no-brainer to accept that trade package. So it's one where you need to make them an offer where they won't refuse. And I think at minimum, that's pick 99. Also, you talk about Cooper had three years, $60 million left, and the Cowboys just couldn't pay it because they had all those pending free agents. Yep. The Texans aren't in any position where they need to get rid of Brandon Cooks. So that that's unfortunately – and we talked about Cooks. This isn't the first time his name has popped up. A few people have mentioned the idea. 
I think he's a very highly paid mid-tier wide receiver too. I mean, this is a guy that's been on a number of different teams. I mean, he was with New England. He was with New Orleans. I mean, he was a former first-round pick, but I don't know. I just – I'm good. I'm good. I'm passing. If you're going to give him to me for a sixth-round pick swap or something, okay. But at this point, I don't really see the value in giving up any pick of substantial value for Brandon Cooks. I really don't. Yeah, I think if you're looking at trades, look at when Andrew Berry added – Harry, um, not Harry Roseman. I'd love to add Harry Roseman. Added Ronnie Harrison, um, and a player like Lavisca Chenault. That sort of hey, it's going to be a day three pick for a guy on a rookie deal. Those are the sort of trades we're going to go after. Um, there could be times when we trade for a guy um, for a nothing pick to get round and look at comp picks, but that's not what the Browns are hunting for at the moment. So it, it everything's trending towards a direction where. It's going to be Will Fuller. Our boy Benjamin Albright was on um, the Feeling Dangerous podcast and just said, uh, not Feeling, um, Faithful Dogs podcast. They changed the name um, because we're changing our quarterback. And he's basically said, yeah, it's Will Fuller. Um, it wasn't even like, a, I think it's Will Fuller. Yeah, it's Will Fuller. Um, so that's one where I, I just, until someone tells me Will Fuller's not signing, I, I, I believe Will Fuller's signing. And that's then it for free agent wide receivers. Uh, in my opinion. Do you think the holdup on Will Fuller is the Deshaun Watson suspension? I think Juju probably threw the spanner in the works for that deal um, more than the suspension um, just because he signed a deal that was two and a half million plus seven and a half million incentives, which sets that market for a team to go, well, that's a really nice deal we could give Will Fuller. Um, and if you're the Browns, yeah, you want him to sign that deal. You don't want to give him five million guaranteed and then incentives for three more million um you want him to take a deal where if he gets injured you're paying what a couple of million and that's it so i think that's the bigger hold up and for me with deshaun watson if everything we're hearing is true the commissioner said explicitly he's not going on the exempt list it sounds like they're not going to suspend him until the civil cases are done i'm not sure he's even suspended this year which just seems nuts to say if they are true that they're not suspending until civil cases are done, that nothing's ever in a hurry with a civil case. I, I think we go through this season and it's probably next season he's got a six-game suspension. Yeah, I would say if if it is in fact true that they are waiting till the end of that, I mean, you could be talking about years. Yep. Not just, not just weeks, years. Now, again, it goes back to when Stephen Ross said that, Deshaun Watson was going to go to Miami. They had verbal agreements that 18 out of the 22 would be willing to settle. So the question, I guess, becomes, I know Deshaun Watson stated adamantly, he doesn't wish to settle, but if it's one of those things where he just wants to rip the bandaid off and get this thing over with, it may not be the worst thing in the world, but I'm not going to be the one to tell the guy what he should or shouldn't do. Yeah. And who knows? He had to say no in that um, press conference, that question, regardless of what he wanted to do, because if he did want to settle, he couldn't say, yeah, I want to settle these cases as quickly as possible and get out there because suddenly that asking price becomes about 5 million. Um, yeah. He, he loses all his leverage. Yeah, He loses every amount of leverage he has. And that's the thing is, is, in, you know, a lot of people don't really understand civil court. It's a negotiation. The whole thing is going to be a back and forth negotiation between how frustrating can I make this for you versus how much money will you take to leave me alone? You know, there's no doubt that there's going to be a stipulation in there that says 
he's not going to admit guilt. So all the people out there with a false pretense that he's going to admit something either way, that's just wrong. So the Browns are clearly operating. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that's come out now about it. People that seem to know Andrew Barry and stuff. The Browns seem extremely confident that there won't be a long-term issue. I, I'll say that. I don't know what that means in terms of Houston and all these other things, but it seems like there's obviously the, the issues with him and his personal and civil things, but it also seems like a lot of it was the issues with the organization. And I know there's a lot of speculation, speculation out there about the owner and the timing and the kneeling and all that. I don't think you'll ever know the real answer to that part. And the Haslam seem to think that won't be an issue in Cleveland. Yeah. Obviously we know a key date coming up um, is the 19th. Is it 19th or is it the 14th? Um, when camp begins, that's going to be a date where they're working towards as a team and going, Hey, next two weeks, we're going to see free agents sign because they want them in there to then participate in that where possible, even if it's just behind doors meetings and not physical stuff, because they want to start getting this um, team in place and rolling ahead of next season. So there's going to be movement with lots of free agents next two weeks, because in that sort of week before the draft teams don't want to be sitting there, playing around with free agents they're probably going to say to free agents hey you've got the deals just leave us alone we'll speak after the draft where if we draft someone else you're losing this money and it's not our problem two weeks Jack, until, the... uh, it opens up the browns office it's crazy yeah jack did the numbers ever come out on bobby wagner's deal with the rams so they're still not out yet um whenever they're released um you're going to see an almighty avalanche of abuse because he doesn't have an agent. So anytime a player with an agent negotiates their own deal, even if it's a fine and good deal, what happens is we just see abuse from as many agents as possible, all um, league source, because they don't want more uh, players yeah, negotiating they, they all themselves. want their percentage of the cut. Yeah. And where, what book does he use, Bobby Wagner, for negotiating deals? It's over the caps. Uh, Jason Fitzgerald's book, Crunching Numbers. So uh, really good stuff. If it's good enough for Bobby Wagner and other players to sit there and, uh, and negotiate deals, then uh, it's, uh, it's good enough for us. Well, one thing I, I think is interesting about it is, I don't know if you read the Ian Rappaport, when that, when that deal was announced, the wording of it was very interesting. Because if you notice, they didn't mention anything about guaranteed money. It said the, it's a five-year, $50 million deal with can go upwards of $60 million. Like, it was very vague, and I think it was done intentionally. And I'll be curious to see, because you're right, there's a dead period now between when players are going to sign. That's why you haven't seen a lot. You know, Corey Bork was, these guys will sign. But a lot of your clownies and all these name guys are still staying out there. And it was rare to see that Bobby Wagner signing. But then I saw the contract language in terms of how it was tweeted, and I was like, I wonder what this really is. So it'll be, I was, that's why I wasn't sure if it's been out there yet. I hadn't seen it. So it's probably where usually the agent's the one pumping out the numbers and trying to make it sound good. And obviously where he's got no agent, he probably doesn't really care. Um, he's not, he doesn't need to build Bobby Wagner, the negotiating brand. Um, he just wants to go and play football. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the deal's done. What sort of the guarantees, cash flow and all that sort of stuff. Um, but no, it's uh, it, he, he's got it done, and yeah, there, there'll be abuse of the deal, whatever. He can negotiate the greatest deal in NFL history, and people will be abusing it. 
As long as it's not in Bitcoin, I think he'll be all right. Uh, Paul, have you gotten any uh, Cleveland Browns love? You're rocking the uh, the Browns gear out there in the uh, the French out in France, and then I think you're heading up to Switzerland in the Alps. Anybody, any Browns fans, give you a shout out? Nothing at all, mate. France doesn't understand American football. Wow, well, that's under that's understandable. I don't understand many things about that country either. Yeah, exactly, mate. So yeah, no no love for American football here. I'm afraid to say. Um, <clears throat> one interesting thing though is Baker Mayfield. I know he's still a Brown. What's going on there? Um, Jack, you've, you've come out and said uh, Barry's going to hold out until the first day of his contract and try and get the best thing, but he's in no rush. He's going to be looking for a team losing a quarterback and can trade him for a third or a fourth. Is that what you reckon? So I think if the Seattle Seahawks stump it and offer, say, a 2023 third that becomes a second if you play, say, 70% of snaps or something like that, um, just because that's what Carson Wentz, um, his condition was, that is a, a situation where they go, hey, we'll let him go now. Otherwise, sit on it. There is no need to rush this. If he starts holding out of training camp, they can void all the Saving guarantees. They can void all all the guarantees in his deal, cut him and lose nothing. So if he starts actively hurting the team and starts interfering with that sort of stuff, they would happily. And with how bad some of his advice he's been receiving, it would not shock me um, if it was as silly as that, that this stuff just isn't being communicated to him. So I think the smart play, look at what happened with Sam Bradford. They kept him. He wanted to leave. Teddy Bridgewater got injured. The Vikings wanted to compete, offered a first and a fourth. I don't think you're going to get that much. I think a first and a second is certainly the realm you're in. Hey, if the Rams, say Matt Stafford goes down in training camp, they're not going to allow, I don't even know the guy's name, um, to go out there and start for the rest of the season. They're going to call you straight away. They're going to offer. Yes, you're going to see Jimmy G moved, but I think that happens. Either they're keeping him or it will happen. Um probably to Carolina, someone post-draft. Um, there's what Carolina, Seattle, they both sort of want Malik Willis. Someone's not going to get him and make a move. But the Browns are just going to bide their time. Um, they're in zero hurry. He doesn't get paid a dollar until week one. And if he starts voiding his guarantees, why would we want to eat a load of contract um, and then be left with that? If it turns out that, hey, he's going to void out his deal and we just cut him, um, because he screws up and he's getting advised badly. Andrew Barry won't care. Do we know what podcast he's taught, tempted to be going on? Do we know this yet? So Emily Mayfield tweeted today that said it's not about work. So um, who knows? Apparently it's, it's not going to be about NFL stuff, but we'll see when it comes out. Also, yeah, it's I, I, birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Emily Mayfield. As we know, she listens to the show. I mean, absolutely. Um, Jack, another receiver, I'm curious, Nikhil Harry. Obviously, the Patriots have now brought on uh, Devontae Parker. Do we think Nikhil Harry, former first-round pick out of Arizona State, what's he's, what, in the final year of his rookie deal? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think he's done three, so this would be the year they – do the fifth year option, which hey, on current course, there's no way they would do that. I just, are you talking about us potentially adding him? 
Well, we talked earlier about the Ronnie Harrison, right? Where you give up just a late pick to pull a guy that's probably going to get caught. I don't see New England keeping Nikhil Harry. And listen, I also don't think that he's of the, the realm of Devontae Parker. I just wasn't sure if that's the type of guy. His name's been floating around a little bit. I just wanted to kind of put him out there. So I just look it's at... It's kind our, of banter about. Yeah, I just look at our wide receiver room, and you've got five deep at the moment. Felton is in there. Um, say it could eventually add two more people. They're going to add some form of free agent. Um, I just feel that's a lock. I hope it's not Jarvis Landry, but it will follow somebody. And then I just see them adding someone. I don't see them trading a pick for and Nikhil Harry to then not draft a guy. Because if you add, say, Will Fuller, and then either Nikhil Harry or LaVisca Chanel, and then you add a rookie, well, you're going to have to end up moving someone else off. Um, and I just feel it just becomes too too many bodies in there. Um, lots of young guys. I think those are the sort of moves that we would certainly make if we didn't have so much young talent. Um, if if we were really confident that DPJ, we'd seen so much phenomenal stuff and he was our two and we weren't going to add a, a veteran into the room now, Nikhil Harry, LaVisca Chenault would be really smart moves. It just, you need some bigger quality there because, hey, if we want to compete for a Super Bowl this year, you can't have the risk that Schwartz is your number three. Well, my only worry would be you're getting an insurance policy for Will Fuller. If, if you do go that route, like I said, I'm not a big Will Fuller fan, but if you do go that route, having something in the back burner because he's just proven you you can't rely on him for 16 games, yet alone 17. Yeah, and it might be one, hey, you make a move and then in camp someone goes down. Cooper could go down for half the season and then you, you start calling and you go, hey, we'll have to kill Harry. So I think it's one they would address later if they need in the offseason rather than do it now. Um, I just, I, th- I think they're going to add a free agent. I think they're going to add a rookie. And then unless someone goes down injured, they'll roll with those seven. Have the uh, NFL PA updated their salary cap numbers yet, Jack? Uh, Daryl Ryan, <laughs> um, m- magically this like 20 something million appeared as uh, if pure magic um, use over the cap guys. Don't be a Daryl. Did you, did you get blocked for that? No, I've not been blocked yet. He, uh, he, he, he took it on constructively. And hey, my point was, I get why you want to use them, but just double check it against something like over the cap and be like, hey, this is massively off. Then ask the question of why is the NFLPA so far off? Because it's probably the issue on the NFLPA side of not updating the numbers rather than over the cap being wrong. I uh, just want to stress, Daryl has been on the podcast and is also a regular listener too. Even better. We love our listeners. Jack, you got a shout out in my hometown of Lorain, Ohio. Uh, it seems like somebody didn't know I was on the podcast and learned that you were on the podcast and then found me through you. So you're in London I and my hometown people are finding out about me through uh, people in a different country. It's amazing. So. We're all one big family spread everywhere. Yeah, my, yeah. my mom will be in uh, London uh, next week, I believe. No, this week, maybe. Ooh, She's stopping yeah. in for a day before heading up to the to the land up north in there in Scotland. What um, what airport is she flying in from? I believe she's coming Cleveland, 
JFK Heathrow and then leaving from this, whatever the tube station was that we left from to go up to take the Caledonian sleeper up to Edinburgh. Okay, cool. What? Let me let me know what day and I'll go and see your mum and say hi. There you go. How's uh, how's the uh, holiday going, Paul? How's the uh, the France? Seems like you're having a little battle of trying to get snow. Well, we've got a lot of snow here. No sun, I'm afraid, at the moment. But it was sunny today. But um, I just want to say two things before we finish up is... First of all, once again, a massive congratulations to Jack Duffin. Uh, well done for his semi-promotion, if you want to call it a promotion, but definitely getting the um, exposure which he deserves. And uh, yeah, secondly, for my regular Cleveland Browns Twitter updates, I'm just having a little bit of a break at the moment. So uh, hence why I've not been messaging so much on Twitter. A bit like Joe Thomas when he went to Ireland, didn't tweet that much. It's a little bit like me in, uh, in France. Well, hopefully we get an update from you at the end of the trip, and maybe we'll get an update from Mr. Thomas. Who knows? Who knows? There could be a rumor that he's coming back on the podcast, but we'll leave it there. We've only got two minutes left of the show. Nothing else. Well, again, Jack, congratulations on our end. We look forward to our free OBR subscriptions. That'll save me a dollar a month, which I can spend on a Jaeger bomb with Paul. Paul, so That sounds good. I'll see what Barry will let me get away with. Good stuff. Well, uh, if anything else changes, we're just going to end on a board quiz bomb for today. So uh, good catching up. And our Twitters are always open. Jack obviously is the man, the myth, the legend when it comes to the cap stuff. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Congrats, Jack. Well, well deserved. Thank you very much, chaps. And as always, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.